Blog Talk Radio.
eyes are looking in all the earth, Father, a place where you can dwell. Dwell in these hearts tonight, Lord. Draw near to us tonight, Lord. Saturate us in this place, Lord. Rivers of glory. Streams of healing, Lord. Streams of mercy, Lord, for all those who are thirsty tonight. A resting place, Lord. A resting place, Lord. Make this your resting place, Lord. Let's give me your heart tonight. Lord, we surrender our hearts to you. We surrender our hearts, Lord. Everything that we are, we surrender now, Lord, to you, Jesus. We surrender, Lord. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is our Monday night broadcast of Prayer International Radio. I'm your host for the night, Sean Holmberg. I wanted to welcome all of you who are listening, wherever you're listening from. Um, I've gone to our website, which is prayerinternational.org, and um, looked at the map and can see that there's people from pretty much every, um, well, most nations that are out there. Um, so thank you for listening. Um, those of you also who are listening to the archives. So tonight... Um, Father, for every person who is listening to this show right now, Father, whether they're listening live somewhere or whether it's months down the road and they're listening to one of the archives, Jesus, we come boldly to your throne of grace. We also come humbly knowing that we were not redeemed with the blood of bulls or goats, but we have been redeemed by your blood. A lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. You have chosen us to be your people. You have chosen us to be your children sons and daughters of the Most High God. So we come boldly, but we also come humbly to you. Father, asking for grace. Lord, that you have already shown so much grace and mercy into our lives. But Jehovah God, we ask for you to pour out an even greater measure of your grace into our lives. Father, that we may know you. Lord, that we may know you, the power of your resurrection, Jesus. That your life would dwell in us. But as your word said, that we are ambassadors for Christ, pleading with the world on 
your behalf that the world would be reconciled to you. Father, we ask that you would touch the nations, touch the kingdoms. Father, God, that your hand would reach out from one corner of this earth to the other, Lord, that you would show yourself strong, that you would pour out your love and compassion and your mercy. Father, on those that don't know you, Father, for those who do know you, Lord, an even greater increase in the measure of faith that they have in you. Father, that you would give them strength and boldness to speak your words in season and out of season. Holy Spirit, that you would pour out such a measure of your presence in our lives, Father, to distinguish us from this world. Father, that this light that we have from you would shine brightly in the darkness. Father, that you would increase our love for you and in return increase our love for the world itself. Not the world, but the people in the world. Father, that we can see them through your eyes. Not through the eyes of the flesh or through eyes of judgment, Father or eyes of self-righteousness, Father, for we know that your word declares that our righteous acts are like filthy rags and that we are saved by grace, not of ourselves, for it is your gift, not of works, lest any of us should boast. But in the same process, you said that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Father, that in your eyes we are righteous, clothed in white robes, Father, before you, having neither spot nor blemish because of the blood of Jesus Christ, your Son who you sent into this world to die for the world, that whoever would call upon your name, Jesus, would be saved. For you said whoever calls upon your name will be saved. that there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. So Jesus, we surrender our lives to you every moment, every breath to your voice, offering ourselves as living sacrifices to you that we may know the good, acceptable, and perfect will of our Father in heaven. God, you said that we may have life and have it more abundantly. But we know that that life only comes from you. That you are the source of our life, the source of every good gift. That you're the vine and we're the branches. That you would water us, O oh God, through your word that you would breathe into us new life. Father, you would breathe into us new desires for your kingdom. You would breathe into us new revelations of what is possible to those who believe. Anyone listening who needs healing or needs a touch in their body. 
in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our most high King, Father. Lord, we beseech you and ask for complete and total healing on them. In the name of Jesus. You know, it says in um, Genesis chapter 15, he said, I am your shield. And your exceeding great reward. You know, I, I remember growing up in church and they would talk about having houses in heaven and having um, the way they wanted their houses and things like that. And we would even sing about having houses in heaven and how great it would be and crowns and everything else. And, you know, it would be fine if I started out as a Christian and lived my entire walk as a Christian and didn't know what it was like to be in the world, didn't know um, what sin was or anything else. If everything was perfect and I lived perfectly, then it'd be easy to sing about um, rewards and houses in heaven and mansions. And, you know, Jesus said he goes to prepare a place for us. Having places and mansions and all that in heaven is great and all. And whatever rewards come from serving him. You know, he said, I has not seen, nor is ear heard, nor is entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But going back to Genesis, where he said, I am your exceeding great reward. And if you think back to the way he showed himself, think about in Mo in um, the life of Moses, a normal man who, through the grace and the will of the Father, was delivered from death itself purpose and glory could be revealed in him you know in all of our lives um, God has worked in us so that he could show his glory in us and through us not based on what we've done um, not by our hand but by his own hand he has delivered us and saved us set us apart and you know Moses um Pharaoh tried to kill all the children of Israel, and he was hidden, and then later ended up in the king's house anyway, or the Pharaoh's house, or as the story goes. And, um, you know, later on he um, starts, he's in the world, and he's going about his daily business. And, you know, he had so much passion and such a heart for his people that he even killed a someone and then ran away to hide and I'm assuming um, most people can understand what that's like where um, you do whatever you do and then you just want to get up and hide it's a natural response is what Adam and Eve did but it's interesting how God always seeks you out 
you know, Adam and Eve um, sinned against the Father in the garden and immediately hid themselves. But God came calling, like he always does, longing for his children, already knowing everything they had done, because he's God, because you can't hide anything from him. Um, it goes even more than that. It says, and later on in the New Testament, it says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let's lay aside um, the weights and the sins and the things that so easily beset us. But, you know, um, then in the life of Moses, um, Moses ran away, and God sought him out, and burning bush experience, which wasn't an experience but an encounter. And, you know, we go through our lives as Christians um, or as non-believers if you don't know him, always looking for the next thrill, the next experience, the next uh, high, whatever that is. But how few times we've had those encounters where we come almost face-to-face with him in all his glory where something happens where you come into the place of his presence where you're changed forever where regardless of what happens from that day forward and up until the time of eternity you're forever marked by that encounter you had with the Lord and you know the Father reveals himself to everybody in different ways because he knows your heart. He knows what you need, when you need it, and the exact place of your need. He knows how to get the provision you need when you need it, whether it's financial or emotional or physical. He knows. And so he saw Moses out at at the burning bush and then Moses' life was changed and even then after having such a great encounter he still struggled because he's like um, you know this is awesome and all but I'm obviously not the right person and maybe you were thinking about someone else and the Lord's like no you you're the one go um, and as it says later on he said I'll put my words in your mouth and the father told him what to speak and you know through obedience not completely understanding what was going to happen not knowing what the outcome was going to be he trusted God and the Lord delivered him and the entire children of Israel from bondage and slavery and sometimes it takes Him coming and our obedience to live, to deliver ourselves out of slavery um, of the world or whatever. It's always that little bit of obedience and trust and faith in God that he is who he says he is. That when he told Moses, I am that I am. If Moses didn't know anything else, He knew he had come face to face with God. 
and that memory, that thought consumed him to the point that whatever happened later on down the road, whatever happened um, in front of Pharaoh, no matter what happened in the wilderness, when they're going around the mountain, whether the children of Israel were hungry or thirsty or even a Red Sea that was between them and the other side of the promise of God. He knew that he had encountered God. And when he couldn't see what the future was, he remembered who it was who called him and believed that he was able to do exactly what he said that he would do. The Bible says that he will complete that which he started until the day of Christ Jesus. For me, for you, for your family, for your friends, far too often we um, too easily give up on those that we know um, because we don't think like him. We don't have his heart. Um, we think he's forgotten and don't realize that he can't forget that he's faithful to his own word, which he said to you and your household would be saved. And so all the more reason, like Abraham standing before God, crying out on behalf of a city that God would not destroy it, we too must stand up in these times and declare his word. Declare his salvation to the nations. To become the message of God to this world. That there is a God who saves. There is a God who delivers. There is a God who heals. You know, his scripture, his word said, to preach the gospel, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. And I know very well that in the world that we live, um, that's sort of like a joke nowadays. Um, it's something that you chalk up to history. Kill the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Um, when's the last time you saw a leper? Um, nowadays, when someone dies, it's we, we grieve, and then we have a funeral, and that's it. How often do we actually have the guts, and I don't mean that to be offensive or to sound harsh, but speaking the truth, um, in the gospel of what his word declared, why would he say, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, if you couldn't heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, and raise the dead? You know, Peter would walk down the street, and his very shadow would heal people. People would be, here Peter was coming, and they wouldn't even try to come near him. They just felt that they can get into his shadow because he was a man who was touched by Christ. He was in the presence of Jesus, and he believed, and he walked in that belief. Something that um, – let me put it – let's do this a different way um, – you know, I've talked with um, many of my friends about the Lord um, for the longest time. And one of the things I've 
mention on occasion is that I still wake up at times, and I've been a Christian for at least um, two-thirds of my life, in season and out of season, um, like with any relationship. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, and, you know, it is what it is when you're in a relationship with someone, when you have a friend, especially one who's more faithful than you are, like he is. But out of, as long as I've been reading the Bible, as long as I've been praying and spending time in his word, um, there's so many times I wake up and I realize I still don't know him. I know who he is. I've talked with him and prayed and had a relationship with him most of my grown-up life. But if you really stop and think about how much we really know the Lord and how long an entire eternity it would take to really know him, this God who created heaven and earth and out of nothing spoke and creation happened, who formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into him the breath of life. You know, I uh, off and on studied science for a while and um, as much as I could. And even even with that, just if you take the Bible, just a small piece of it, he breathed into them the breath of life. And what actually goes into him having to breathe life into someone? And he did it not once, but twice. Once when you're born, and then once again, when you're born again, when you become his child, when you become a citizen of heaven, when you surrender your life to him, he breathes into you once again. So when we talk about, like, um, getting into heaven and having rewards and houses, I go back to um, to Genesis where he said, I am your exceeding great reward. And I realize that when it's all said and done, when the course of our lives have come to a close and we step into eternity, there's nothing else of significance outside of him because from our first day to our last day everything is because of him everything is for him all the days that he moved in our in your life and in my life and all the ways that he was there to save and to intercede and when there was no an intercessor he himself became intercessor because he that's in heaven forever, interceding for us. He has become our exceeding great reward, the reason for everything, the source of our joy. The Bible says in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. 
You know, the Bible talks about being ambassadors of Christ. Um, and it's it's a really nice phrase to throw out there. And we, we use that term a lot. Um, and we talk about that a lot, about how, as Christians, it's really easy, really way too easy, for us to um, quote scripture that we don't really believe. Because if we believed them, the fruit of our lives would be different. Because we would walk in a different level, and at times we would walk in a different anointing. And there would be a different presence about us if we actually believed what the Word declared over us. If we actually took to heart and believed Him who called us and believed that He wasn't a liar. When He said that we were the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that we're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, that we're blessed with all the blessings, that we are seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. You know, if we believe that, how much different would our lives be? When the enemy comes in like a flood, it says that he'll raise up a standard against him. If we believed that he was our army, that he was our shelter, that he was our fortress, our exceeding strong tower, and how quick we are to fear what the world says or what the world can do, or we're so easily or so easily um, caused to fear. That didn't really sound like good English, but so easily we fear the things of this world. We worry and we panic over things that are not in our control and somehow forget that everything is in His. That everything is in His control. And sometimes all it takes is prayer. All it takes is going before the Father. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you ask for things just to for yourself without having a mind and of his heart and because we still can't see through his eyes, we still can't we're still learning to have his heart, and he's so gracious to work in us to remove the desires of the flesh, the old man that still hangs around at times, and more often than not dictates the course of our lives when the course of our lives should be dictated by the by the moving of the Holy Spirit that we should be led by him and not someone who runs ahead and looks back and tries to figure out where the Lord went and whatever we're doing and then get upset that he's not blessing something when he asks us to go in a different direction So in the um, church on Sunday, the um, pastor said that we represent Christ Jesus. We don't represent ourselves. Another one of those um, sayings that we throw around as Christians. 
but for the most part still haven't embraced that it's not about us anymore. That this whole ball game in this life and from here to eternity is no longer about serving ourselves and serving our fleshes and seeing how great a stuff we can have or how great of a life we can have or let me go so far as to say how great a ministry we can have. There's even times when I've been praying and even thought about this very show and things that me and Chris do and I have to stop and really think why am I doing it? What's the reason? What's the cause? What's the motivation behind it? Is it something that we do because we think that in the process we're going to get some ministry or our names are going to go out there and people will look at us and say, oh, how great they are. Or is it because the desire on the heart of the Father is for the salvation of the world? That there are people out there Every from every nation, every tribe, every tongue that still don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. That we live in a world with the most amazing technology. When in the days of Jesus, they would have to walk everywhere and now we're just a plane ride away. Or something as simple as picking up a telephone and calling someone to pray for them. Or turning on the internet and emailing someone or talking to someone on Facebook about the Lord and how it seems even more now we have no excuse to not proclaim the gospel because in the end it's about him and his desire is for the world not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We have our exceeding great reward, which is Him. But yet there's so many who don't know Him. And so every day, as Paul said, praying without ceasing, for God to raise up laborers into the fields that he would touch and move Father that your hand would touch the hearts of those who don't know you Lord that you would reveal to us your heart for the nations Father that you would birth the desire of nations within us Father, that we could see this whole thing through the lens of eternity. So we could see it's not just about what we do today. It's not just about how great things are or how bad things are. But is that there is a war in heavenly places. That our battle isn't against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers. 
Father, that you would break the chains off of every person listening. Father, remove every hindrance. Lord, anything in their lives, anything in my life, anything in Chris's life. Father, anything that would cause us not to hear your voice. Father, anything that would distract us from knowing you. Because it always starts with knowing you. How can we ever be ambassadors without believing who you are and without believing what you said about us? That our old man is dead and buried and we walk in newness of life. That if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Father, that you would show us the new things. Father, show us this new life. That you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. That the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light. Lord, that we would know what is the hope of our calling. Father, it's so easy to get caught up in day-to-day life that we lose sight of what's around us. We lose sight of all the people around us who don't know you. We lose sight of the people who are hungry and thirsty and looking for the answer that can only be found in the blood of Jesus. Father, that you would write on our hearts as your word declares that we are living epistles written not on tablets of stone but on tablets of flesh because you didn't just want people to know about you but you wanted us to know you intimately, personally that we could be one as Jesus, you said that you and the Father are one. Father, make this real to us. Not just for the sake of the battle, but that we can get to eternity and don't have to look back and wonder if we miss one or see someone on the other side because we didn't tell them because we were afraid or scared because we didn't believe you Father that we don't let an opportunity to pray for someone who needs to be healed go by because we're afraid nothing will happen. Or because we're afraid of what people will think. When our very business is to declare your kingdom to this earth. Regardless of what our job is, regardless of what we do for a living. 
are ambassadors of Christ. Declaring the name of Jesus Christ. Declaring that he died for the sins of the world. Was raised from the dead and seated at your right hand. When that salvation is open to all who would call upon your name. Father, let her, never let us miss an opportunity to declare your love and your goodness to this world. Whether it's someone on the other side of the world or someone right down the street.
still wrestle with him all night long, wanting to be blessed because we don't realize we already are. Have all you can have all the blessings, or let me rephrase that you can go after all the blessings, or you can just go after Him and realize that He is the blessing. Go after Him and realize He is the reward. Go after Him and realize everything else is the fruit of your relationship with Him. You know, the Bible talks about, um, we were. As we were talking before the break, um, to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. And some people go after those things, and they're like, that's awesome. But if you go after him, those fruits come naturally. The Bible talks about fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, righteousness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But fruits aren't gifts. You know, the Bible said he gave gifts to men, gave people plans and purposes. But fruits have to be grown. And things that are grown need to be watered and they need to be cultivated. They need to be looked after and guarded. And the fruit of our relationship with God is everything else. If you cultivate the garden of your relationship with the Lord, you take time to water the ground. You take time in His Word. And you let Him breathe life into you. The fruit of that relationship will be the works of God without you even trying. walking up to someone who's sick and laying hands on them for no other for no other reason than the fact that he said to and you just have just a little bit of faith it'd be like sure what the heck why not let's see what'll happen and you trust him just a little bit to let someone else have a miracle happen in their life so they can have an encounter with him that then changes their life. That you can raise people from the dead, whether physically or spiritually, which is more important. Because heaven forbid you die and then be spiritually dead. But the boldness comes through your relationship with him. The fire comes through your relationship with him. The passion for the world comes through your relationship with him. Because if you lose sight of him, then not too long after that, your love and passion for the world will disappear too. Because the world doesn't love itself, but he does. That's why it says you'll know them, know us by our love. You love him, and the love of the Father dwells in you. You can't help but love the world. You can't love, help but love the people in the world, I mean. 
Father God, that you would deliver us from the hands of the enemy. Father, that we would see the greater are those that are with us and they that are in the world. Father, for all the people listening, for the people in the chat room, Lord, that you would give them, (laughs) Father, open their eyes and let them see your hand upon them. Father, that you are the shield, that you are our wall of defense. Father, that you would put a hedge protection around us, Lord, to guard us in front and in back, Father. That when we have done all to stand, we can stand. Father, in your name, knowing that you are the banner over us, that the enemy is powerless against us because we are your people. Father, that you would give us revelation and peace, Lord. Jesus, you said that your peace you give to us, not the peace the world has, but the peace that only comes from you. You said, come to me, you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Father, show us how to stop striving. Father, show us how to stop working and come to a place of rest in you where we can learn to just walk with you. You said that you are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through you. And you also said that you have come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. That your will for us was that we may have life and have it more abundantly. It's funny is the fact that our life is you. And you are also our abundance. And our peace comes from knowing you. From being able to rest in the completed work on the cross. Father, knowing that we are no longer the old man, knowing that we are no longer slaves and foreigners, but knowing that we are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, knowing that we are called in your name, Father, knowing that we are appointed to proclaim the gospel, knowing that we are appointed to declare that the kingdom of God is at hand. For Prophetess Johnson, strength, Lord. Keep seeing you say banner the Lord our righteousness the Lord that goes before us as with the children of Israel having the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night Father Lord that you would lead us Father you would guide us into the good land 
Father, that you would scatter our enemies from before us. Father, that you would fight the battle. For the battle is the Lord's. Father, that you would stir up your spirit within us. Call forth in the heavenly realms, Lord. Declare the name of Jesus in the heavenly places. Father, that you would rebuke the enemy for our sake. Declare your name over us. Father, so that the world would know, so that we would know that there is still a God in Israel. There is a God on this earth who saves and delivers. Father, there is a God who still performs signs and wonders. Who still raises people from the dead. Including us. Father, and even raises us up, Lord. From a dead man. And causes us to walk in the newness of life. Father, that you would breathe into us. Jesus, that. Oh, Father, show us the power in your blood. Show us the power that is in your blood that was shed for us. Lord, that we would see ourselves as you see us. Father, that your word would become alive in us, that we would be rooted and grounded in your word, Father, unmovable, unshakable, not because we rest on our own insights or our own feelings, Father, but that we rest on who you are, and because of who you are, we can be who you said we can be, that we can go out into this world, Father, declaring that your name is great. Declaring that you are our exceeding great reward.
It's where 